Nailos Natter, just talking to teachers with Teacher Hug Radio, the soundtrack to your teaching career. Nailers Natter, just talking to teachers. Talking to teachers about academic research and evidence-based practice with continuing professional development at PNA1977 on Twitter. Nailers Natter, just talking to teachers. And welcome to this episode of Nailers Natter with me, Emma Turner, and my guest today, Anthony Delphine. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi there, Emma. Oh, it's so lovely to have you on. We've been wanting to have you on for absolutely ages because your Twitter feed is just like a constant source of joy whenever I go on there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I try to try to stay joyous. The best way to be. Definitely, and we need to share a bit of your magic with everybody um, in our listening community. So I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on today. But yeah. a bit like the International Man of Mystery, you kind of do many, many things in your role. You have definitely not got a traditional role within no. anything to do with working with young people. So <laughs> do you want to give us a quick outline of your career to date and where you, where you are at the moment? Yeah, career to date. Well, um, left school went into the world of fashion and um, I worked at Selfridges for about four, four and a half years where I was, you know, really into my clothing and my footwear. And it was a great time there, had an absolutely fabulous time. And, and, and it was great to get to know about the fashion world. However, it wasn't fulfilling enough for me to want to pursue it as a career. And um, I went into the world of education and I, worked my way through from a, a teaching assistant onto a learning mentor, creative arts leader. Um, then I went on to be a pastoral manager. And now I'm a CEO of my own organization within education. So yeah, we're here now. That is amazing. And I could actually do a separate podcast about working at Selfridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to talk about, many stories. <laughs> I spend a disproportionate amount of my time in Birmingham. <laughs> you're working a lot now with sort of creative arts with young people and like you said pastoral and um, aspects of working with young people and you've actually yeah. done a TEDx talk haven't you yeah yeah I did, did, did my first TEDx last year um February 2020 um feels like a long way away now <laughs> but yeah absolutely amazing experience that I had with with my TED and I was very privileged to be to be asked to do one I watched it the other day and I thought this is the first one I've ever watched that starts talking about washing cars. <laughs> so you tell, you tell this amazing story about how, how you started off uh, with this kind of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial approach to washing cars, which mm. the whole kind of mentality of the leap of faith and flying, which is absolutely beautiful. So this yeah. So you just want to outline for our listeners what that journey was. Yeah, I mean as a youngster for me, I was like any other teenager really, who's at home and, you know, likes to go out with friends on his bike. But at the same time, I always had this bit of a fire burning within me, which was this entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, I, I love to keep busy. I'm, I'm come from a single parent family. However, my mom is a super, super hard worker. Um, she's been a nurse of 40 years plus now. And, um, you know, so that, that hard working ethic was always there within me. So from a youngster, I've been doing all kinds of different activities, such as washing cars. Um, I then went on to 
run my own little street dance class at the age of 16 where I was getting um, people in my community together at our local leisure centre. And, um, you know, to be 16 and to have a group of parents dropping their children off in your, you know, to, to, to take part in your class. Well, it's quite bizarre, really, at the age of 16, but I absolutely loved it. Um, and partly because I'm very passionate about creative um, activities as well. Mm. Um, about this kind of leap, and, leap of faith and flying, you know, mm. that's kind of something that you take into all of your work. So why is this that part of your uh, approach to things so important, do you think? Yeah, I mean, if we focus on that, 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 that phrase, the leap of faith, I mean, for anyone who thinks of what a leap of faith is, it, it's, it's attempting something with the outcome that's actually unknown. You know, you actually don't know what's going to be the outcome of that, that dream or that goal that you're about to take the leap for. Um, and that can oftentimes be really scary, but at the same time, it can also be very exciting. So it depends from which perspective you choose to look at it. And, um, you know, we can stay neutral for a long time thinking about something or going for something. And we can stay there. We can never move forward or we never, we, in fact, we probably move backwards and then we push it to the side and we never go there again. Um, but for me, it was different because I thought with a leap of faith, I always liked the thrill of, of something that could be. So I've always thought about things that could be rather than things that will go wrong or things that will fail. Um, and, and that comes from just having a very positive mentality on a general day-to-day -day basis. So leaps of faith, I, I, I always encourage. And I, I always say with leaps of faith, you can, you can see failure in a leap of faith at the beginning. You can see leaps of faith in the middle, but you should never entertain failure as your ending so concentrate on the ending that. never entertain failing as your ending that's awesome yeah <laughs> and we, yeah we interviewed one of my kind of education heroes the other day sir john jones and mm. he talks about being a threshold adventurer like go to the edge of whatever's there and just carry on adventure. and just go yeah. just go i mean there's there is a process, there's a process to following that leap of faith from the very beginning. And, and the, fir the first bit of it is, is setting your intention. So what, what's your intention that you aim to achieve? And then it's surrendering, it's surrendering to the outcome um, because that's the scariest bit. I think you've also got to look out for signs. If you're not happy within your current job, there might be that sign there that says, do you know what, this is your time, go for it now. There's not going to be another time. Go for it. And then jump before you're ready. So notice I said jump before you're ready. Because actually the, the fact of the matter is we're never ready when it comes to leaps of faith. There's never a moment where you say, right, okay, it's that time. I'm going. So jump jump before you're ready. And base, your, base everything around that leap on trust and self-belief. So if you base it on that, just go for it. I love yeah. it. Lots of people talk to me about taking on a new role or when they're ready for a new role. And, and they'll say, yeah. oh, I've got the job description and oh, I can do these bits, but I can't do these bits. Like, it's it's not a recipe. It's not a rule yeah. book. It's a guide. As long as you've got all the essential bits, you know, you are yeah. actually qualified to do the job. You have the professional qualification. 
the rest is kind of like a wish list and this is it you're never going to be perfect you're never going to go 100 percent. and if you can already tick 100 percent of that role you're not going to grow in that role either you're not there you go yeah and sometimes we can also be governed by what a lot of other people think you know we're often governed by people's opinions but that's a mentality I, I put away a long time ago um is not being governed by other people's opinions of what you should do because essentially it's your life and you need to put full confidence in your own path so yeah you're talking my language here mister <laughs> <laughs> i love this yeah but you not only do kind of this motivating work with people but you do so many other aspects so many different things you've got uh, community projects in school projects a cafe an art center you, you even do vocal coaching um, mm. so if a school wanted to tap into this amazing well of positivity and creativity and talent that you have you yeah know, what do you offer to schools uh, and what kind of successful outcomes have you had yeah, well, we, I mean, we offer a, a huge wide range of, of different provisions for schools um, all things starting from music pr provision. I'm a musician myself, so music was always going to be a, a real um, anchor within Stand Innovation. Um, but within music, we have many choirs across the UK who are in schools. Um, we also do instrument provision within schools as well, brass instruments, all kinds of different um, instruments for young people to improve their skill sets, drama, loved, absolutely love drama workshops. Again, I'm a, from a bit of a musical theatre background myself, so absolutely drama is essential for giving young people a voice and, and helping them to shine really. Um, art provisions, um, sports provision as well. I think it's so important, especially with this lockdown period, if it's taught us anything, is make sure you're keeping active and, and stimulating the brain with different forms of exercise. Um, radio, radio is a big area. We set radio stations up within schools and you know, young, we put the young people at the forefront of this. We train them up as radio ambassadors so that they can come up with their own shows, create their own jingles. And essentially, some of these shows that they create then enable them to give other students in the school who probably have a much more of a quieter voice to give them a voice. Because to have a voice is so important for our young people. Um, and if we don't listen to it, we'll never know. Um, but they also get to interview their teachers and, and that can then spark up many many different desires for aspirations recognizing that they too could be in that same position if they um focus on their their dreams so it's not just you that does all this is it you know like no <laughs> no we do we do yeah I'm, I'm blessed to have a great team of different inspirational people within their own field who um operate as um colleagues for instant innovation and and i will say they are fabulous and so uh, someone springs to mind leah for instance who's worked in a number of our schools she's from a gospel background um and she has the most amazing voice whereas we have someone like gilroy who was a principal for 10 years he's now a retired um head teacher but he's absolutely amazing at staff cpd and also a brilliant artist. So we've got a range of different staff who can bring many things to the table. So you do projects with the children in school. Yeah. CPD for staff. And 
do you do i know you do kind of some ongoing projects as well don't you like, like yeah yeah like the young gentleman's project i find absolutely fascinating so do you want to tell us a little bit more about that one in particular yeah young gentleman's project i mean if i tell you where it actually began it, it began I, I remember i was teaching a choir and i had a phone call from one of um, the head teachers who we were working with and she asked if i could come and attend to one of the more challenging pupils who they had in the school but he was only in year one I'll, I'll, I'll make that clear so when i actually got to the school i asked where he was and, and uh, the head said right he, he's upstairs he's on the top corridor he's running around and we're not able to calm this young boy down and we're not sure what the issue is so as i approached the, the the top corridor running and bolstering through the double doors was this young boy in year one who stood before me and me being the tall person that i am he looked up with open eyes and stopped in his tracks and i just said young man what are you doing and his response was i, I just don't want to go to class sir and I said, well, do you think this is the answer? Do you think this is the way to answer back in regards to you not wanting to be in lesson? Isn't there a better way for you to, to, to show how to be responsible? Now I asked him the question if he knew what a gentleman was. So remember he's in year one, so he would have been six years old. Five or six, yeah. And he said to me, yes, sir, I do know what a gentleman is. I said, okay, tell me. He says, a gentleman is somebody who holds the door for people. He's somebody who smiles at everybody that walks past him. He's someone who would be kind, even when he's sad, and he never treats people bad. So when this young boy told me and, and, and gave me a, a real thorough list of what a gentleman was, it really struck me that if a year one child can actually tell you what a, a young gentleman is and how they act and how they behave, Why can't our young boys show that same gentleman quality and, and actually have it as their own conduct? So this is where the, um, the young gentleman idea was born because I thought, right, it's time to start actually instilling these qualities and all of these different things in our, in our young boys. So throughout the programme, it's a 10 week programme and we look at social responsibility. We, look, we, we teach them how you can become young leaders within school but then it goes bigger than that because you can be a young leader within your family at home. And then it goes even bigger than that because then you can go on to be a leader within your community. And when they see people like myself, who is now a leader within my community with a central hub where all my community can access, it becomes real because they actually can see a real life person doing something like that. Um, we look at qualities that they should also possess such as empathy, compassion, kindness, modeling responsible behavior in and out of school, implementing their own strengths. So in order to implement your strengths, you first need to identify what they are. So we spend much time looking into that. Um, and it's about the young children being honest with themselves as well. And I think even as adults, we don't sometimes like to be honest with ourselves, but it's key to moving forward. And then once they know those strengths, they can then create change amongst their peers by being a leader. There's always a follower. So 
if you're the if you're if you're the leader then lead for the good that's what i say sounds fantastic and I know there's I know quite a few schools that have been involved in the project and have absolutely, yeah absolutely loved it so yeah what do you think has been your greatest success when you've been working with young people kind of what what are you most proud of there's really there's there honestly is a countless list that I could I could come up with different experiences in different schools I've worked in or different settings should I say but I, I, I will say I think I will base it on probably the young boy who I've worked with as the first youngster I ever worked with in, as a one-to-one, um, and, and oh, he made some... Is this the one under the table? Yeah, this, oh, this is the same youngster who I spoke about in my TEDx. Yeah. That, that's, that's him. Um, and I still keep in touch with him to this day. He's, he's 19 now, so I still speak to his parents, oh. and I speak to him. He's, he's doing bricklaying at college, and it just makes my heart, Ah, oh, makes my heart smile every time I think of it because he was he was such an enclosed person who wasn't willing to let anything go, and he's he's made a total turnaround. But if we're thinking more now in the in this time that we're in, I would have to say creating the hub, creating this central hub in my community, and what it's done for the young people is it's got them off the streets, stopped them getting involved in antisocial behaviour. They're coming into our hub now to play table tennis, to play pool, to go on the computers and to look at different things that they can do as jobs. Some of them have even asked to be ambassadors. So for me, I think right now, my, my, my success story would be the hub and what it's done for the, the youth um, in terms of changing their mindset. <clears throat> Just tell that story about a little boy under the table. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, that story was in my first school placement. I was actually on agency at the time. So I, I got this role as, as um, a supply and I went in um, to work with a boy who was in year three. I think he was eight years old at the time. And um, I went in and I asked, I made myself known to the teacher who I was. Um, and I said, I'm who I'm here to work with. And she pointed him out, but I couldn't see the young man until some of the young um, children on his table was pointing under the table and saying he's under there so when I actually looked the young boy was sitting in under the table during a lesson no interest in what was going on in the lesson at all um, so I went over and I sat under the table with him um, and I just remember trying to introduce myself and he wasn't having any of it he didn't want to know I'm a new face why is he going to listen to me um, but then I took a bit more interest in into his trainers and I, and I realised there was a, a small picture of a BMX. Um, and some of those things can tell you everything about a child. Um, and I just said to him, I said, do you like BMXs? And he had, at this point, he actually had his face in his hands. Um, and as soon as I said that line or that question, he removed his hands and he made eye contact with me. And from there, the, the most beautiful relationship was 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 built um, and it was built on rocky foundations to start with because actually you know who was I I was this stranger coming in to 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 work with him to tell him what what he needs to do on an everyday basis um, but he put his trust in me put his full trust in me as his mentor and it took a while took a lot of resilience a lot of tears at times from him and from me you know when you feel like you're not getting anywhere but then you, you know, you yourself, Emma, will know sometimes you have these major breakthroughs that you don't even see coming. They just appear and you just and then it's only when you look back and you're like, gosh, how did that happen? 
that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that he was destined for great things. So I kept, I kept trying my hardest with him. Um, many other outside agencies were working with that young boy. And when we used to have our meetings with CAMS and many of the different organizations would sit around a table and his mum and dad would be there. And one thing they always would say is, do you know what, the work that Mr. Dalphine is doing with my young boy at this time is so crucial because he seems to be holding on to that. Apart from everything else that seems to be falling apart, he always holds on to Mr. Dalphine and what he's doing to, to try and help him. So, yeah, it's always stuck with me. So that one will always be close to my heart. But there's many, there's many. I love a story like that. <laughs> I think people need to hear that as well, especially now when we're not as kind of physically connected to the children that we're, that we're serving, that we're, in the mm. that we're serving, because we, we can't interact in the same way. To just remember that the work that people are doing within education genuinely changes people's lives completely. Definitely. It only just changed his life, it changed his parents' life you know, his family's life, his friend's life, everybody he interacts with. Yeah. It's that ritual yeah. change. I, yeah, I, I love that. I love that term safe haven. Uh, and the reason why I love that is because a safe haven can be created anywhere. It can also be created in any way you choose to, to make it. So it, a safe haven has many forms. It's not just one for, it's not just reduced to one limited, sorry, to one form. A safe haven can be provided in which whichever way you choose to to mould it, and um, that's the great thing. And all and all ch children require different forms of safe havens. Mm -hmm. So it's about identifying the, the the child that you're working with or the group of children, and knowing which route to take. Yeah. So yeah, and that idea of connection at the moment is so, it's so important when we can't connect in the same way. So in terms of our in terms of the we do quite a lot of face-to-face -face stuff and, and quite a lot of community-based stuff yeah remember, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for young people and and how can we mitigate the effects of this um yeah then you can tell me about your big plans post-covid <laughs> <laughs> so what's been the biggest challenge for, for young people at the moment how can, whilst we're in the middle of it try and mitigate for it and what have you got obviously yeah, it's a good question to think about, really. Um, I did ponder on that question. And, and, and at the moment, I think the list is a long list of things. If we were to pick out some key things, I'd, I'd definitely say for young people, boredom is going to be a huge one because it's almost like a child gets to the point where they've done everything they possibly could have done in an evening or a week. And at, well, what else is there to do, mum or dad? We can't go out. So what am I meant to do now? Yeah. Oh, just, you know, have a look at this or have a look at that. Oh, I've done it. What about this? Done it. So it, it's that boredom. And, and that really does take its toll on a young mind, mm -hmm. especially a young mind who's used, used to having the resources and, and the, the space to be able to do things. I think isolation is a tough one as well. All of these restrictions are taking a real um hard hit on our on our well-being as adults so just imagine what it's doing for a young person as well um i think the uncertainty and the lack of um control we've got no control of what's going on um at least when when normality is is happening we, we've got some kind of control over things oh we can decide 
we're going to go here next week or we're going to go there next week. Right now, nobody can go anywhere. So I think the isolation is a huge one, really. Um, yeah, so there's many factors. I think um, physical health and well-being. I know there was a, a report done not too long ago, a survey, um, and it was between from eight to 14-year-olds who said that they, they know that they're not getting um, enough exercise at the moment. Um, so no doubt that's going to have um, a dampening effect on their on their mood and how they're feeling as well. So, but yeah, there's many other areas. Sleeping patterns, for instance, sleeping patterns. I think for all of us, you know, that's that that's one where it's really going to affect us as well. So there's many. Yeah. So what have you got up your sleeve to mitigate all of this then? For when we when we come out the other side, what are your big plans? I've got some real big plans at the minute. Um, I was saying to somebody the other day, I've never felt so invigorated with, with energy. I, and, and I can't understand it myself because at the minute, you'd see this time as a time to become very, oh, I don't want to do anything today. But actually, I'm the total opposite. So I seem to be pushing out lots of different things, especially through social media, on keeping people motivated. So my first thing coming out of this is going to be to try and inspire as many children across the UK as possible. Um, I'm really pleased to say that my organisation is going into some new cities. Um, oh, well, we were due to go into them, obviously, before we went into a lockdown. We would have been there now, but we, we're spreading further and further afield into areas such as Lincolnshire, um, Southampton, um, Lake District, which I'm really excited about, Cumbria and um, Stoke Contract. So we're spreading across. So my, my whole thing is to really get me and my team to try and have as much impact as we can on the young minds to let them know that, yes, we did have a pandemic. Yes, there was this horrible virus that was going around and many people lost their lives. But you know what? You are still here. <clears throat> You've still got a purpose let's be in tune with our purpose and let's start working towards it. And we are going to help you. So that, that's one of my, that's my main focus. And that can be done in many ways. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to get back into schools because we've got so much different, exciting um, initiatives that we want to start doing. Food is one of them for me, which we, we I'm, I'm do. And that again, started during the whole pandemic. Mood for food was just a, a thing. I was going to ask you, did you invent that hashtag? Is that you? Because I see. Um, I, I made that, I made the hashtag up. I don't know if it already exists. I didn't find it anywhere. Um, I saw it. Well, I see it everywhere. Yeah. Everyone's posting these amazing things. I'm like, yeah. I can't really put beans on toast with hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what, Emma? I mean, that's the that's the amazing thing about it. So you mentioned like beans on toast, and the great thing with, with mood for food, there's no expectancy for you to to cook at a certain level. This is simply about, you know, you get that butter and toast out, and you butter away. <laughs> <laughs> This, this, is sim this is simply about taking part. So I've done, I done an assembly today because I'm really pleased because the first Mood for Food has, has introduced its first programme into a school. This is the first time. And it's a school over in Swindon, uh, the Deanery Academy. So I've done an assembly today with 130 year sevens. And I talked about Mood for Food and what it had done for teachers. But then I posed the question to them and said, how many of you, cook currently how many of you cook at home do you cook on your own do you cook with parents give me the hand icon 
And I couldn't believe how many hand icons was up. And these are year seven. So the fact that they're doing that is brilliant. And I think now more than ever, they should get into things like cooking. It's, it's a great, great thing, skill to have. And you're always going to need it. It is indeed. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 another <laughs> another saying for you is um, you know, with 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 great organisations, they've always stuck. They've always started their 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 foundation on wanting to change the world. They haven't on a great canteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a great canteen always helps in a school. <laughs> I've been to a few which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> I was going to go with this. I thought we we're going to neatly separate like, food and organisation. No, carry on. Yeah, no. I was, I was saying, great, great organisations always have a, a founder who's based the foundations on on wanting to change the world. It, it's never been about making a you know a quick thousand pounds or whatever it be. It's always been on um, wanting to make change. So I think. If we all have that mentality going forward on, on whatever initiatives we're looking to do, whether it's writing a book, um, which I'm speaking to a fabulous author here, um, or whatever. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you're the queen of books, um, Emma. I've, I've seen I've seen your uh, bookshelf. It, it's strong. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, they are genuine books. It's not like when you go to a pub and it's just like. <laughs> actually real ones that I do read yeah it, it, it's not it's not like my bookshelf in my coffee shop where we've got the okay magazine and, and <laughs> no yeah but but I think if everybody goes forward with that same mentality about wanting to change the world uh, and create positive change we can all we can all pull together as a collective and and who knows what the impact could be uh, well watch this space where you're concerned mm. Delphine, definitely. And I'm really interested in the fact that you said you're going to the Lake District and going to Lincolnshire because yeah. I think that the challenges facing young people in more rural areas compared yeah. to um, cities, mm. it's a completely different type of challenge, isn't it? To totally different. And, and actually, from speaking to um, these head teachers, it, I was quite surprised to hear of some of the things that was happening within those these deprived areas. And I think sometimes you can hear the name of an area and you might know it or think it to be a quite affluent area. And oh, no, no, they don't have these kind of issues there. And, and I've been surprised. I've had my eyes opened. Um, so we can't wait. I mean, one of the schools in... Um, in the Lake District is, is a pro. So, you know, you can imagine some of the different things that are happening around the issues with, with some of the young people. So we can't wait to go in um, and just create create change. And that's actually the young gentleman starting in um, Cumbria. Yeah, and Lincolnshire as well. So really excited for that. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. And in addition to all of these things, you are massively creative, aren't you? When you said you're a musician, what do you play? 
Ah, see, I, I don't necessarily play. I'm, I'm a singer. I've, I've seen you sing. I don't know why I'm asking you this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm a singer. I do have a piano, and I'm I'm self, you know, self teaching. Um, but yeah, I'd love to be able to play the piano. So I'm ha I'm having trying my little hand at it really. But I'm a singer. That's my main thing that I do. Visions of you now at the piano, like Gary Barlow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gary Barlow, Alicia Keys. I look at these people with envy, and I think, oh, if I could sing and play. Absolutely, I'd love to. Massive Elton John glasses now. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to join Gary Barlow in one of his um crooner sessions. Oh, what? His crooner, yeah, yeah. I, I, crooner sessions. I've been watching all of them, and I'd love to join him. So that's one of my aims of this whole yeah. lockdown. I've got to Phil, join him. Phil plays the guitar. You sing. Maybe you can have your first nail as natter, like a jamming session. Yeah, let's have a jamming. That sounds fab. Fab. Yeah. I'm, sure I'm, I'm totally up for that. I'm sure there's a few other guests who've been musicians. Not me. I could not carry a tune in a bucket. I'll, <laughs> I'll bring the beans on toast. But <laughs> okay, all right then. <laughs> but um, you are really creative. So how do you, um, through your work and especially at the moment, promote, promote engagement with the arts and with creativity? Yeah, promoting. In, do you mean during the lockdown period? Well, both. As in, what do you do normally, and what do you do at the moment? Yeah, I mean, normally we do all, all sorts, like we do something called an inspiration assembly, which is Monday morning, you know, we go in, in a school full of, uh, a hall full of children, and we do what's called an inspiration assembly through music, so we'll get the teachers up, setting, you know, leading by example, they'll be singing a tune or two as a choir, and then we get the whole school to sing, and we do all kinds of different things. Some of the schools in your trust, Emma, we've done that with, and, and the atmosphere has been electric, just to see on a Monday morning. Um, I feel sorry for the teachers after, because the mood that the kids go back to the class in, well, <laughs> it is our fault. But it, yeah, it's just, do you know what? It's just seeing the power of what music can do in the arts. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a great avenue for self-expression and just for being yourself so we always encourage young people to follow their passion um don't be afraid even if you think that you're a bad artist you know go for it and practice will always make perfect yeah. you've just got to have a bit of self-belief and motivation that's all it takes and uh, very young children are never mm. conscious about their arts they they yeah. don't be the best artist. and it, 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 exactly they just go for it as we get older we become more and more self-conscious about our own creativity and our own yeah. expression about things because actually you yeah. know, a four-year-old five-year-old they have you know they draw a picture it's the greatest masterpiece that's ever been produced you yeah know, as we get older we're like oh I, you know i can't draw or i can't see yeah I can't definitely see and during some of our sessions when we've maybe been in an art session or a, or a music session singing session it's i always like to draw out some of the students who put aren't aren't as you know um what's the word they, 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 they struggle to hear their tone a bit a bit a bit um <laughs> a bit less than others they're from the turner school of musicality <laughs> i like to i like to draw yeah, I like to draw them out and I like to praise them. And, and I think we should continue to do that as educators is praise regardless of ability. If we continue to praise regardless of ability, I think we can give everybody a fighting chance to, to do what they want to do in life. Because it's such a release. And I think that it's interesting 
that the things that people are, I don't mean grieving, but the things that people are really missing throughout the pandemic within education are the things, or the things that we're encouraged to turn to, to get us through mm. lockdown, are all of the things that come under that umbrella of creativity. You know, take, 100%. Art, take up art, listen to music, get involved in singing, you know, online singing groups, you know. Yeah. All, you know, paint, draw, do photography, whatever it is. They're telling us all to do these things to get us That's it. a difficult period. Yet when we go back to school, potentially the, the message is going to be, right, that was then, this is now, let's shelve all of that. And actually, no. it's so important to have that. Yeah, and I, th I think a creative curriculum is starting to be recognised a lot more now than it was as important. And, and I, I mean, I'm getting many different messages from schools asking about the things that standing ovation provide and the reason why is because it's totally different to what they'd normally do but actually they can see this is what the young people are opening up to this is where their interests lie and you know one of the projects we're, we're, we're launching into schools um when we get back to normality is DJing we're doing DJ workshops within schools um, and we just took we just took a DJ workshop to approve um, before we went into lockdown and just to see how these students honed in on this skill and don't forget DJing is teaching you mathematics it, it's teaching you all kinds of different skills but so you've got to think about that sometimes the arts is not just the arts the arts holds many different subjects within it as well definitely I mean some of our greatest artists of all time in history were also scientists. Yeah. There you go, exactly. Um, yeah. So in terms of uh, the work that you're doing at the moment, what's your big dream for your project? If you could sort of wave a magic wand, what do you ultimately want to achieve for all of these young people that you work with? I want them to be able to say at the end of their school journey, do you know what's Stand Innovation gave us a fighting chance. They believed in us when we didn't believe in ourselves. They saw the potential in us. We had the keys and they helped us unlock it. And they opened our eyes as to all of the different broad aspirations that we can work towards now. And I think that's what it's about doing. School is about educating our, our students, but it's also about giving them the tools to be able to be independent learners, independent thinkers, um, and great leaders as well. So yeah, I think at the end of this, the bigger picture for me is to create the next generation of inspirational people. You know, when, when, when we get to our point where we're haggard and old, <laughs> hopefully not, but um, you know, we wanna be able to see these same students that we've taught, giving, you know, Miss Turner a shout out, Mr. Dalpine a shout out saying, do you know what, those teachers there, yeah, they inspired me. This is why I'm doing what I do. So yeah, I think the bigger picture is just, we wanna reach as many as well. This is why I'm working so hard to, to, to contact and connect with so many um, school leaders nationwide. And Twitter's a great thing for that. I've been able to do that, so it's good. And you use Twitter quite a lot, don't you, for, to promote all your fitness and healthy living and you move for food and you, you yeah. red January. And what, what's your February one now? So red January wasn't actually mine. That, that was actually, I'm not sure of the lady's name. Um, it was actually Rav Billen who, 
who told me I needed to do Red, Red January. Wonder Woman herself. Yeah, yeah. But but then once um, Red January was ending, I was like, you know what? I'm getting into this now. So there was already quite a few people in education doing Red Jan as well. So I, I decided I was going to try and make up one for Feb. So Fit February is the new one. And I, actually, there's so many people doing it and taking part. And all that is, is just to make sure that you increase your fitness in some way or the other during the month of Feb to support our mental well-being. And that's what it is. So it could be a brisk walk. A head, a head teacher contacted me this week and she said, Anthony, you'd never believe it. I walked around my playground and done laps around it for the first time. She walks around it normally, but she had never conti done continuous laps yeah. up to a certain uh, point. And she was really pleased about that. So, you know, something. Because you really promote self-care, don't you? Yeah, it's important too. Yeah. It is. It is. I feel, I feel like I have a duty. I don't know where this feeling comes from, but I just feel like I've got this duty. The more people that tell me I inspire them, the more I feel I need to keep doing it. Because if I, if, if I can make a change to just one person's life, that's amazing. If I can make it to more, great. Well, I found out from a previous guest where, do you know where the word inspiring comes from? No, actually, I don't. It's from the word inspiro, which means to breathe life into something. Wow, there we go. So if you're inspiring exactly. someone, you're breathing life into them. Amazing. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I also know a man who's going to love knowing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that one later. <laughs> I'm going to breathe life into this situation. I'm going to breathe life into this person. I'm going to kind of do that unlocking with the keys. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And I've got this whole mantra, which is, you know, whatever you've got going on in your life at the moment, if it's challenging and if it's causing distress, try and find the good out of the situation there is always a good in whatever situation it is you know and I think I mean myself personally going through one right now with with the whole Covid situation and my brother not very well at the moment I could dwell on that for hours and just think about the worst but what is that going to do for me it's not going to do me any any good rather let's just be positive and, and see the good out of the situation you know I wonder if you do what I do which is Hello everybody and thank you for listening to this episode of Nailers Natter. If you're enjoying what you're listening to then perhaps you'd consider delving deep into our back catalogue of 100 episodes that you may be interested in. Simply search for Nailers Natter in your favourite podcast app, so that can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean or Anchor. So search for Nailers Natter. We are also available with new shows every week on Teacher Hug Radio. So if you haven't tuned into Teacher Hug Radio, then simply go to teacherhug.co.uk and search for Nailers Natter. We also have full transcriptions of every week's interview, so if you head over to the link on my Twitter page, which is at PNA 
1977 and you will see links to the WordPress account for full transcriptions as best we can of each week's episode. When anything goes right, even if it's tiny, even if like you drop your toast and it doesn't land upside down, I always go, oh, thank you. I don't know who I'm thanking. Don't ask me really, I've got no idea. Okay. Or like if I find a parking space really quickly or so, yeah. the trolley doesn't jam at the supermarket, I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I suddenly realise in a day when how many things actually go right. There you that go. negate the terrible things that, that happen in your life. No, no. But it does give you that kind of view of actually a hell of a lot more goes right most of the time than actually mm-hmm. wrong. And yeah. I, I just find that's what I do anyway. Everyone's like, yeah. why are you always so cheerful? <laughs> oh, I, I get I get that one as well. Oh, you're always so positive. And I just think, yeah, because this is what keeps me going. Yeah. yeah. And other people as well. So yeah. What's we your, never never change that. What's your other choice? Be a grump. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got a very important question. Really important question. How is the coffee art going? Wow, the coffee art is still work in progress, Emma. I'm, I'm constantly trying. Whenever I have a meeting or something I need to, to go down to the hub for, I, I get I always buy a pint of milk on my way because I think the milk goes that quick because I'm trying that many times. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the coffee art is work in progress. I, di- I didn't realize until we, I had the training for my um, coffee shop team and myself. I didn't realize how much actually goes into creating coffee art, and it's all about getting the froth of the milk right. It's not just that the uh, the grinder on the coffee machine. You've got to make sure it's set to change the course of the coffee um, granules. So there's so much that you need to to measure before you can get the right coffee art so but yeah i'm working on it working on it. I, I love the fact that you upload the coffee art pictures like no what i've tried now i couldn't do yeah. that Although well you'll have, you'll have to pay pay the coffee shop a visit when you can come down with your family and um i can let you have a go on the coffee machine as well you can have a, a coffee art i've got a secret skill i you know the nothing nothing <laughs> to do with coffee you know mr whippy ice cream machine Oh yeah. I used to work on one of those. I'm the most amazing ice cream maker. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. Uh, knowing me, that would just lopside over to the left and I, I, it'll be gone in seconds. <laughs> there is a knack to sort yeah. of ice cream. <laughs> as there is amazing. Pulling, as there is pulling pints, which I've also done. Oh yeah, I see I pulled pints. My, in fact, I, I didn't speak about that in my TEDx, but I did work in a bar as well. <laughs> yeah. I ran a pub in my NQT year as well. How wow. Landlady, is that what they call it? Is it the landlady? Yeah. I was running a pub three nights a week and working in NQT. Those are the days. Amazing. So what's your, you kind of outlined a few things that you've got bubbling up at the moment in terms of new projects but is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you think yeah I've got that on the go as well Don't yeah I'm um I'm so I've came full circle and I'm back at fashion now <laughs> um so I never lost I, ne- I never lost my love for fashion it was always there um I just knew that wasn't the right time back then but now I'm about to release my first line of unisex trainers um which I'm really pleased about now there was a lot of 
questions because the first line of sneakers, even though they're unisex, is called the gentleman sneaker. So I had many, you know, there was some um, some of my female friends who said, right, well, why is it called the gentleman sneaker then if, if we're allowed to wear it? And I just said, well, the gentleman's name comes from what we've done with the Young Gentleman's Project, but it, come, it, it reverts back to my school days in my teens when I decided that I was going to start changing my mindset to be a positive role model and to work towards my aspirations. So that's why I've named it the Gentleman Sneaker. So, yeah, I there you go. I moody pictures of you leaning against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're just getting a campaign going. <laughs> It all makes sense. <laughs> well, I, I can't have any of the other models at the moment to model. I, I've, I've got, I've got male and female models lined up to to um to model the trainer. But at the moment, we're in a lockdown, so. <laughs> well, this is where I have to fulfil my dream. If you've only got to take a picture of my ankle and my foot, there we go. I'm a model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my my brother's a photographer, so that's been helpful. <laughs> I've wrote, I've wrote him into it. Oh yeah. So yeah. They're, they're a model. What do they model? Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah. But I'm excited about that one. It's um, yeah. It's a, it's a, a new venture for me, but I'm really excited about it. See what you should have called it was best foot forward. Maybe. Oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> should have called it leap of faith. <laughs> be your next line that the next line. line i like that one that needs to be your post-covid i'm going for it i love it the leap yeah. of faith collection the best foot forward collection there you go i like it yeah step into the future oh god there's so many of these <laughs> anyway, the new marketing manager anthony right. <laughs> so where can people find you then if they're if they're interested in everything that we've said you know where where can we go? Yeah. Can yeah, you can find us at standingovationprojects.com or put Stand Innovation Projects in Google with the first ones on, on that list that, that pop up. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at standingovproj um, and also the same on Instagram, the same handle. Mm -hmm. And myself, you can find me at aant26. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from more educators and people within the education field who want to inspire their children with, with something something different, something creative and innovative. Um, we're all about inspiring and we believe in um, developing the whole child and really helping that, that young person to be all that they can be. And if you want to get inspired with your dinner as a teacher, you oh, can yeah. your hashtag mood for food if you yeah. want. At mood, at mood for food, Ed is where you can find the Mood for Food page. Yeah. Oh, I just saw those tray bakes you made the other day and I was like, Anthony, please adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone told me they were deleting me off Facebook yesterday because they can't take the, the food post no more. So <laughs> it's, ha it's having the opposite effect. It's meant, to, it's meant to be a positive thing, but yeah, never mind. Uh, I bought a chicken today from the co-op. Oh, nice. My kids looked at me just to say, yeah, mum, as if. As if. <laughs> yeah, I, I, li I like a good co-op co chicken. I like a co-op chicken. I've never ended a conversation. In <laughs> on trust, trust it to be us to end it on food. Designing trainers and cooking a chicken. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyone is not done, and I'll get absolutely lynched if I don't do this. Songs. The songs. Oh yes, I've got them ready. Right. They, they, I bet these are going to be good, and I bet they're going to be cool as well. 
because I, I was going to pick my food the other day and I thought, oh my God, this is like the worst children's party ever. <laughs> but you've got something slightly more tasteful than I would have chosen. So what's, what's your three then for your, that define your life and your work or just your favourites? Well, they're, they're all related to my company because one of, a couple of them have, have been choir songs as well because we're all about inspiring um, young children to be the best. I like to go with songs that are really going to make the children think, yeah, do you know what? I'm amped up. I'm ready. Um, and if you ever get get to come to one of the Stand Innovation concerts where all the choirs come together and the parents are in the audience and they're singing these songs. I cried at the last one because I, it was just too much. <laughs> but it is amazing because they're singing them with so much conviction. My first song that I, I am going to give, which relates to my company, is Katy Perry Raw. Oh, I love Katy Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Katy Perry Raw, and the chorus says it all, you know, around being all that you can be and not not focusing on all the negative things around you. Um, a ferocious lion, you know, and just having a voice and speaking up. is a song by Macklemore. Uh, um, and we always, when we're doing a big show with one of our choirs, I remember being at um, Mauaka actually with this choir and we sang this song and Mr. Pete walked in and the deputy and they were like, oh my life. Because <laughs> the kids were singing it with so much conviction and it's called Can't Hold Us. Spread it across the country. Here we go back, this is the moment tonight. I mean, that, that, that chorus, the, the words, the lyrics, it's, can we go back? This is the moment, tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over, so we put our hands up like the ceiling can hold us, like the ceiling can hold us. So when them kids are singing that, they're stomping their feet at the same time, and it's just something else. It's really good. Um, and the last song is Emily Sunday. Read all about it. Oh, I love that song. I wanna sing, I wanna shout, I wanna scream till the words dry out. So put it in all of the papers. I'm not afraid. They can read all about it. Read all about it. Oh, 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 oh. It's so exciting and it's really nice to hear somebody who's so positive in what is quite frankly a very very challenging period of time so yeah most definitely thank you it's an absolute pleasure 
Miller's Netter, just talking to teachers. Talking to teachers about academic research and evidence-based practice with continuing professional development at PNA1977 on Twitter. Miller's Netter, just talking to teachers. Naylor's Natter, just talking to teachers with Teacher Hug Radio, the soundtrack to your teaching career.